0: My name is Kim Doyle, Tax Director with Grant Thornton. Welcome to Tax Time, our monthly podcast covering the main tax developments in Ireland. Today I'll be discussing the latest in tax, which will include a new 10% stamp duty charge on the purchase of multiple houses. We have a new employer share awards return. We have updates from revenue on the position re-rent and the R&D claims. And also there's the latest on the COVID-19 schemes. I'm joined today by my colleague Joanne Sinnott, Associate Director with Grant Thornton. So one of the hot topics um, of, of recent has been this new 10% stamp duty charge on the purchase of multiple houses. So this was introduced after, for houses, house purchases after the 20th of May. So what has I suppose, come into effect is new legislation, which essentially is introducing a new higher stamp duty charge of 10% on the purchase of 10 or more houses. So these are residential properties all within a 12-month period, on or after, as I said, the 20th of May 2021. A transition period of three months will apply for the execution of contracts that have been entered into but not completed prior to the commencement of the legislation, again, which is the 20th of May 2021. Some key points to note are that apartment blocks are exempt from this higher 10% stamp duty rate. Also, purchases of houses by local authorities, the housing agencies and approved housing bodies are also excluded. There's a lot of other, I suppose, key considerations around this new stamp duty charge, but that's just really a very high level summary of what um, the charge will entail and, and what it applies in respect of. So moving on then to this new employer share awards return that we have, and also we have a new August deadline. So what this is, it's a new electronic form. And as I said there, it's known as the employer share awards return. It's not yet available and we do expect it to be available by the end of June. But what the key point to note at this stage is, is that this new electronic form will be needed by employers who are required to report certain share-based remuneration electronically to revenue. And this new reporting requirement was introduced in the Finance Act 2020, And according to revenue, this new return will apply for the tax year 2020 onwards. Now, it does have a a reporting deadline of the end of August 2021. This is just in place for the 2020 tax return. And revenue have said that uh, as was going forward, then the deadline will be aligned with the current share reporting or the existing electronic returns deadline for the KEEP 1, the RSS 1, ESS 1, etc., which is the 31st of March following the relevant tax year. So again, the key point to note is that we have a new employer share awards return and we have a new deadline of August 2021 and I suppose the last point again just to go back and say is that this return is not yet available at this time of recording however we do expect it to be available at the end of June so really employers will have just little over two months to complete this new return and file it with revenue by the deadline at the end of August. On the topic then of the research and development tax credit revenue uh, published some latest updates and the key focus for us um, and certainly for, for clients and any taxpayers in the area of R&D activity is the revenues view on the treatment of rent for the purposes of the R&D tax credit and whether rent is actually qualifying eligible expenditure. So in the latest updates published by Revenue their stated view is that in many cases expenditure incurred on renting a space or facility which is used by companies carrying carry on R&D activity may be expenditure that is incurred for the purpose of or in connection with the R&D activity. But also, you know, may not constitute expenditure occurred wholly and exclusively for such purposes. So according to revenue, the eligibility of rental expenditure for relief will depend on the extent to which it is incurred wholly and exclusively in the carrying on of the R&D activities. So there is a distinction there between... Rental expenditure that's incurred wholly and exclusively in the actual carrying on of the R and D activities, versus you know for the purpose of or in connection with the R and D activity itself. So while re- you know revenue, this is revenue's position on the treatment of rent, and it is actually disappointing from our perspective. You know we've ha- we've been engaging with revenue for since July of 2020 when they first indicated their you know their view on rent, and we had hoped that revenue would. I suppose, be more aligned with the previous view that rent, you know, incurred in R&D activities in relation to R&D activities was qualifying expenditure. But now, look, we have the revenue's latest view in this latest update. So while revenue are maintaining their position, and I said this is disappointing, we do expect that revenue will not examine any R&D claims retrospectively for the inclusion of rent. Now, the date that is key here is the 1st of July 2020. So revenue, you know, have indicated that this position that's now clearly stated in their latest updates it will only apply for accounting periods commencing from 1 July 2020. Another update from revenue on the R&D side is in relation to the COVID-19 wage support schemes and specifically the temporary wage subsidy scheme and the employment wage subsidy scheme so according to revenue then all subsidy amounts received by companies under both of these schemes are considered state support and therefore such amounts will reduce the qualifying expenditure So our advice would be that businesses should identify TWSS and EWSS subsidy amounts received for staff working on R&D tax relief projects and reduce their qualifying R&D tax relief expenditure accordingly. For more on the R&D tax credit regime, tune into our January issue of the Tax Time podcast and you will hear from James McMahon, tax director. You'll hear his insights into the R&D regime in Ireland. So just to finish them with one, I suppose, a key update around the COVID-19 wage support schemes, and this this update concerns the temporary wage subsidy scheme. So this is the former of the schemes, which is no longer in operation, but again continues, you know, to be a very hot topic of, of conversation and something that employers are looking at closely. And the specific update here is around the tax liabilities for employees and employers paying the tax on behalf of their employees and whether, you know, they can avail of a BIK concession. So revenue had guidance there as of November of last year 2020 and you know, there's a lot of issues arising for employers and employees and a lot of clarifications that were needed from revenue. So Revenue recently published an update and in this latest update they have confirmed that this concession, so this is the BIK exemption concession where the employee, where the employer pays the employees TWSS related liability. They have confirmed that this concession will also apply to the payment of TWSS tax liabilities of employees who are self-assessed. And also, proprietary directors will also be covered by the concession, but only if the employee pays the TWSS tax liabilities of all employees in the company. So, as I said, this BIK exemption concession means that revenue will not apply the BIK rules, which is essentially an additional tax charge for the employee to the payment of the income tax and USC uh, liabilities arising for employees as a result of the TWSS amount. So these latest clarifications are very welcome. Again, there's a lot of issues that employers will need to work through with their employees in terms of quantifying the tax liabilities and then obviously making the tax payment. I'm joined now by my colleague Joanne Sinnott, Associate Director with our Global Mobility Services team. Hi Joanne, thanks for joining me today to discuss the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on employment work practices and employee mobility, as well as looking at some of the key tax considerations for both employee and employers arising from working either here in Ireland or abroad. I think it's fair to say, Joanne, that the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly placed employee mobility in the spotlight as a result of employees working in different locations, working from home, etc. And many employees have been following their government's public health advice and staying at home. Has this impacted in any way on the tax issues for those employees' remote working, specifically if you consider international
1: remote working? Uh, Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, So yeah, no, you're dead right, I suppose. At this stage, um, I think we're, we're all well aware that remote working is common practice and has been for, for well over a year now. The traditional workplace has changed and employers need to be aware of any tax obligations that they might have, where their staff are working remotely, especially, like you said, where the, where the remote working place happens to be in in another country and there are a number of scenarios for consideration here when it comes to remote work and whether it's due to COVID-19 or just for normal business needs of the organisation and what we've seen from our own clients during the pandemic is that Irish employers have facilitated uh, some of their employees to work remotely in a foreign country generally if it's their home country Um, and as I said this can create tax issues for both the company and for the individual themselves. So some of the main uh, issues arising are, I suppose, the risks associated with with international remote working and, and and one of the main ones is the risk of creating a permanent establishment or a PE. So this can arise where employees of an Irish company are performing their employment duties outside of Ireland uh, and this may give rise to a corporate tax presence in the foreign country and consequently a PE. So if a taxable presence is created in in that other country the Irish entity may have to comply with the tax reporting obligations of that country as well and the OECD did issue guidance last year, I suppose, uh, in relation to COVID, and they have stated that working from home because of COVID shouldn't create any new peas for the employer. And the Irish Revenue issued uh, similar guidance, but it is important, I suppose, for the tax position to always be considered. Um, the other, I suppose, main, main consideration for, for companies is the payroll obligations. So foreign and local payroll obligations can arise for the Irish company, where duties of employment are carried out abroad and uh, the employers may need to comply with the local payroll tax reporting obligations of the country where the employee is physically carrying out their duties, um, as well as, as the obligations that they might ha- still have in Ireland. Um, payroll reporting requirements are very different um, from country to country and the tracking of the working time in the foreign jurisdiction is critical in determining whether or not um, an obligation arises um i suppose in certain circumstances where um where an individual is going for you know a longer period of time then an irish paye exclusion order can be obtained uh from the irish revenue and this allows the irish employer to turn off the irish paye in usc as long as all the other conditions are are met in this regard as well so another thing to consider for employers and employees themselves is the social security position Typically, social security provisions of the country where the employee is physically carrying out their duties will apply. However, we have regulations um, with other EU uh, countries and with bilateral bilateral agreements then with some non-EU countries that we can rely on, that make it possible for the employee to remain in the Irish social security system and to avoid a foreign social security charge. Again, this needs to be carefully considered um, as a retention certificate might, might be required from the, from the Irish authorities. Um, I suppose the last piece to mention then is the is the actual tax residence status um, of the employee and, you know, any potential unexpected higher personal tax liabilities um, or obligations that they might have as a result of their uh, their move to another country. Um, their tax residency will be triggered depending on whether or not or how long they spend in the other country. And this may result then in, you know, personal tax filing uh payments filing and payment obligations in that other country as well um income that they might not have even realized was within the remit to, uh, to taxes in that jurisdiction um i suppose where we have a double tax agreement with the with the country that the individual is in then there should be an element of uh, double tax relief there um but again it's it's just something to consider as it can cause obviously um unexpected costs for everyone involved it certainly
0: sounds like there's a lot of considerations for both employers and employees, and potential issues then that they may need to to work through. And um, considering all that, Joanne, is there or are there any tax supports or concessions in place in respect of COVID-19 specifically for those Irish employers and the employees that who may be working, you know, abroad or you know, outside of Ireland?
1: Uh yeah, so so the Irish Revenue did introduce a number of concessions back last March, I suppose, at the start of the pandemic, um, to deal with kind of issues relating to uh moving people around or in the where, where the case may have been where, where people were stuck. Um and a lot of these did end in December twenty twenty. However, some of them have continued into twenty twenty one and are expected to apply for the duration of the pandemic. I suppose one of the main concessionary measures that was introduced related to the residence rules and the worst major circumstances. Um, And this concession did actually end on the 31st of December, but a number of representations have been made um, since then just to request that it be reconsidered for 2021. Um, As I think we're we're all well aware that the Public Health Advice has consistently stated that travel will increase the risk of contraction and spread of COVID-19. Um, So we are hoping for some clarity on this in in the coming weeks. Um, I suppose in a nutshell where certain conditions were met, the concession stated that an individual would not be regarded as being present in Ireland for residency purposes due to extraordinary natural occurrences that couldn't have been foreseen and avoided. And back last March, revenue did confirm that where uh, such a departure from ireland was prevented due to covid that they, that this will be considered to be force majeure um, there are a few more considerations though um just in terms of this con- in terms of this concession and in order for it to apply the individual must not have left ireland on or by the 1st of june 2020 or else, the concession won't apply to any of the days previous, uh, unless they could prove that you know they were restricted from leaving due to health issues. Um, also, the provisions of the concession won't apply to anyone who arrived to Ireland uh, after the 6th of May 2020. Um, There were other concessions as well, and one of these related to the transporter workers relief. Um, So the guidance stated that where employees were required to work from home in Ireland due to COVID, that uh, these days working in Ireland wouldn't prevent them from availing of the relief, uh, provided all the normal conditions of the relief were met. And uh, it's also been confirmed that the concessionary measure will continue to apply into 2021, and as long as as individuals are required to work from home in Ireland due to COVID-19. Um, there were a number of other. Um, there, there was also a number of other concessionary measures around uh, the benefit in kind, um, specifically around COVID-19 testing. So where testing was performed or arranged by an employer, or where an employer provides uh, the test kits for self-administration, no BIK will arise here. Um, again, where accommodation is provided to employees uh, by their employers, a BIK would normally arise here if, there, if it's been used for for private use. However, where the temporary accommodation has been provided to mitigate against any potential transmission of COVID-19, no BIK charge will arise uh, throughout the pandemic. And then, uh, I suppose, as we touched on uh, before, um, the revenue have confirmed that they'll disregard any presence in the state that is due to travel restrictions related to COVID-19 for corporation tax purposes as well. And then I suppose uh, a number of measures were also uh, put in place last year, but they did cease on the 31st of December 2020. So, for example, where Irish, sorry, where foreign employers um, had some individuals or employees who who relocated temporarily to Ireland during the pandemic, there was no, there was no obligation to operate any Irish PAYE from March until December 2020. Um, however, uh, since 1 January 2021, um, all employers are required to operate POI in the usual manner. And similarly, with respect to multi-site workers, um, the pre-COVID-19 work pattern uh, could have been um, used. But again, um, this measure ceased from 34 or on 31st of December 2020. So
0: lots of lots of different concessions there they're in place, but the key the key takeaway that certainly I have heard is that some have expired as of thirty first of December twenty twenty, and some are still in place. So maybe the, the main point then is for those anyone any listeners to double check what's still available and to claim any or avail of any concessions that are still in place. Just considering then kind of closer to home and for employees who are in Ireland who are following public health advice and the advice of their employers and working from home, is there any tax reliefs available to those employees?
1: Yeah, Kim. So um there are a number of other tax measures available for employees uh, who are working from home. And the main one really is the tax relief for e working and special rules for employees working from home due to COVID nineteen. Um, and this includes a tax free payment from the employer of three twenty per day, or where the employer um, doesn't make this payment and um, the employees are entitled to make a claim throughout their through their year-end uh, tax return um, using Revenue's My Account system and this claim can be made in respect of the light, heat and broadband bills that they've incurred throughout the year. Um, there are also BIK exemptions for the provision of equipment from employers to employees to set up a working space in their homes. Um, and again, on the payment of taxi fares for transporting staff due to health and safety concerns for the duration of the pandemic. Um, there was also a special concession as well to the small benefit exemption of €500 Euros per year. And this was for certain frontline and key employees.
0: OK, so a lot there as well by way of concessions for those employees who are working in Ireland. Um, just moving away from the topic of COVID-19, and I know it's it's still very much dominating most of our, our conversations, And going back to the previous hot topic of Brexit, you know, what are the implications that you're seeing now arising as a result of Brexit in respect of global mobility and international remote working? So,
1: yeah, this is definitely a hot topic um, and still comes up uh, all the time with our clients. Uh, I suppose the main consideration for employers is really around uh, visas and immigration considerations considerations, um, but there are also Social Security considerations as well. Uh, the Social Welfare Order 2020 came into effect from the 1st of January of this year, and it ensures that the maintenance of Social Security rights and entitlements remain the same for Irish and UK citizens as they did pre-Brexit. Um, this is similar, again, to the EU regulations that ensure that employees should only pay Social Security in one country. Um, it is pr- important to note, however, that Brexit hasn't actually changed the underlying tax rules in Ireland. Um, however, because of our geographic location and the close business relations that we have with the UK, we we would expect to see an increase in short-term business visits between Ireland and the UK. And this may have tax implications for for individuals and employers. And I think what's happening is that because of Brexit, it's it's raising it's raising the issue with uh, our clients and they're coming to us and they're wondering if um there's any considerations due to Brexit and it's, it's it's not that they're due to Brexit it's that they may have been there previously but you know um the the clients or the employers may not have been aware of it so so it has been raised because of Brexit but it's actually issues that, that aren't haven't changed because of Brexit, and um, and what we're what we're trying to encourage our employers to do is to carry out, I suppose, a review of their workforce to identify any individuals who who may be impacted by immigration restrictions since Brexit.
0: Thanks, thanks very much, Joanne, for clarifying that. Certainly, a lot of detail there to take away, and um, and and thanks for sharing your insight into the current employee and employer considerations arising due to the COVID nineteen pandemic and also um to Brexit. So that's it for today. Tune in to Tax Time podcast next month, where we'll be discussing the latest tax issues that may affect your business. If you need more in the meantime, visit our website where you'll find many fact sheets and insights into the topics we have discussed today. Thank you.